You're listening to the Reimagine Social Media Podcast. If you see the importance and power of social media, but aren't comfortable creating content that just adds to the noise, this show is for you. It's time to stop thinking of social media as a necessary evil or something you dread and to start embracing it as a powerful tool to build a more human world. I'm your host, Katie Hinderer, a former blogger and Instagram influencer turned business owner. My company, Rosebud Social, helps mission-minded brands navigate the world of online communications in an intentional and heart-centered way. And I want to help you do the same. So friend, grab a cup of coffee, or if you're like me, a craft beer, and let's talk all things social media. Welcome to season one, episode one. This podcast has been a long time in coming. I have literally been mulling this over for the last year. I had hoped to launch in the summer of 2022, but that just did not happen. And so here we are at the start of 2023 and we are getting rolling. So welcome to this podcast. I am so excited that you are tuning in. I hope you binge the first couple episodes to see if this is the kind of thing you want to hear more of. Um, and I hope you are going to stick around for the whole ride. So this first episode, I wanted to share with you how I came to discover the great power and I'll say beauty of social media. And for me, that started with Twitter and a pizza. And I know that sounds a little crazy and maybe you're like rolling your eyes at that thought, but it's true. It was Twitter and a pizza is how I realized this great power of social media. So let me set the stage for you so that you understand where I'm at and what's going on. So it is 2010. It is very early in the social media age. Facebook exists. Twitter just started about four years prior. There's not much else out there. But I am living in St. Louis at the time. I am training for a half marathon. Uh, and I convinced a bunch of my family members, my dad, my sister, a couple cousins, an uncle, uh, to come into town and to run the half marathon with me. So I've got all these relatives coming from all over the place, coming down from Chicago, coming out from Connecticut, coming from Georgia, all the places. And I realized I needed a place to take them the night before the marathon so that we could carb load. And if you've ever run a marathon before, you know that's kind of a thing. Often there's pasta dinners or whatever the night before a marathon. And so I, you know, wanted to be the great host because they were all coming into my city, wanted to take them to my favorite pizza place. And that's that's what happened, right? I, I know I needed that. And I was like, okay, that's it. I'm going to take them to Pie. It's my favorite pizza place here in St. Louis. And it's going to be an amazing night. And they're going to fall in love with the city of St. Louis just as much as I love it. That's not entirely what happened. But let me take a step back and offer a little bit of my background to give you an idea of professionally where I'm at at this time too. So in 2010, I was working as a freelance journalist actually covering the commercial real estate market. And yes, I often found it as boring as that may sound to many of you. Uh, Sometimes it was fun. Sometimes it was really boring. And so Simultaneous to being a freelance journalist and writing about commercial real estate, I was also, I would say, stepping gingerly into the blogging space and exploring the world of Facebook and Twitter. I had been on Facebook since college, so I had been on there several years by this point, but Twitter was a little newer to me. And so I was kind of exploring how to use it in a more professional setting, both Facebook and Twitter, right? How to grow a following, how to get people to read the articles that I was writing. And then I was also kind of gingerly attempting to be a fashion blogger and kind of trying that out at the time. Outfit of the day blogging was a big deal. And so I was kind of 
dabbling in that at a time. So Facebook and Twitter were the only actual social media networks that I knew about and that I had at the time. And then I had a little like blogger blog and that was what I was doing and then writing all these online articles. So I was very familiar with online communications at the time and then dabbling in to social media. So let's return to my marathon story and the pizza debacle of 2010. So I called up my favorite pizza joint It was called Pie Pizzeria at the time. I don't even think it exists anymore in St. Louis. I called them up and I said, I would like to make a reservation for 20 people on Saturday night before the marathon. And they said, I'm sorry, we don't take reservations for groups that big. And I was came back and I said, but I, I can guarantee we're going to come. We're not going to, you know, have you set aside these seats and then be no shows. Like I guarantee I'm going to bring 20 people in on Saturday night. And they said, I'm sorry, we don't do reservations for a group this large. You're welcome to come put your name in at that time and wait, but it will probably be 60 to 90 minutes to wait for a table. And I'm like, well, there's no way because several of my cousins were coming with little kids and there was just no way that they were going to be able to sit around, stand around in the parking lot and wait for four tables. So dejected, super upset, not sure what to do. I took to Twitter and I just kind of crowdsourced where else I could take my family to carb load the night before the marathon for, you know, 20 people. And little did I know what would happen, but it created an entire storm basically of people responding, people I didn't even know, people who were following me, people who weren't following me, people from St. Louis, restaurants and different locations around St. Louis responding, offering to, you know, a reservation for me and my 20 people, people coming back and forth being like, oh, I like this place. This place would probably take a reservation for you. Try this place. Have you thought about that place? All these things. So I'm weeding through all of these things um, looking at all the different restaurants that had been tagged in people's comments and their, their tweets back to me, their replies, and, you know, still trying to figure it out, right? Like, where am I going to go? What are we going to do? And then my phone rings and I answer it. And it is the original restaurant pie. And they are calling to confirm my reservation for Saturday night for 20 people. And I said, what, what? You told me that you would not take my reservation for 20 people. I'm confused with what's happening here. And the response I got was, you seem like the type of person who we should give a reservation to. And I said, I'm sorry. And they alluded to, without saying it very specifically, that they had seen the tweets and that they were giving me a reservation as a result. Of course, I took the reservation. I took them up on the offer and we had an amazing pizza dinner at Pie Pizzeria. It was the perfect night. They set all of us. We did not have to wait long and everybody got to try my favorite pizza in St. Louis. So I was really, really grateful for that. But it also made me realize there's a lot of power in social media, right? That I was able to, through tweets that were sent back and forth, get a reservation at a restaurant that I had been previously unable to get a reservation at. And sure, could you look at this and say, well, Katie, that was manipulative. Like you manipulated this brand into giving you this. Sure, I guess you could look at it that way, but that was not my intention. I literally had no idea they were even going to see the tweets. I did not like throw them under the bus. I did not mean to have them do this at all. That was never the intention. My intention was literally to find another place that I could feed my family 
that that day. So for me, it wasn't a manipulative practice. And sure, people can use it in a manipulative way. And we can talk more about that in another episode for sure. But what I really saw here was two things. One, the power of these few words to make change and to bring about a result. And two, kind of the value of community. How this St. Louis community helped me navigate this problem that I had and come up with solutions. And also it allowed me to bring my family together in a kind of community and provide them with a unique experience, right? And so I think about this moment often because for me, this was really a turning point in my understanding of social media and kind of the the catalyst for my great love for social media and the great power and the it has. Um, and so I think for me, this was back in 2020, 2010, like I said, which was, you know, at this point, a long time ago. But it really helped me and really kind of moved me in the direction of wanting to work in social media and wanting to do more and more with it over the years. So now these two lessons that I learned from that small event of Twitter and a pizza has really formed the core of how I use social media and of what I do in my business. So the first lesson, right? That lesson of the power of these few words for me, I really try and apply that now to all the social media that I create for my own accounts, for my clients' accounts, all the presentations that I give to other people about their social media presence and how to be intentional online and how to communicate through their platforms. And I really want them to stop and think about the words that they're using, the messages that they're conveying, and to really think very solidly about what they want to say and how they're saying those things. So to really take that step back and consider, what am I communicating? And is the way that I'm saying this, are the words that I'm using communicating the true message that I want to get across? And so, and if the answer is no, then you need to take a step back I've done this many times myself. Maybe I'm upset and I want to post something that like is going to fire people up or get or get people upset or or I don't know, get back at someone or make a dig at someone. And I I always pause before I post something and take a step back and consider what message am I communicating here? What am I trying to say? And is this aligned with what I really want to bring into the world, right? So for me, I really want to communicate truth and goodness and beauty. I want to communicate things that uplift, that inspire, that educate. I do not want to create additional noise. I do not want to create more clutter. I do not want to create just more fluff. I also don't want to create things that are mean or caustic or confrontational. Um, I want to create things that really inspire and uplift empower. Um, All of those are really cliche words, but I do mean them in the fullest sense that I want to create things that bring beauty and goodness and value to the feed of people who choose to follow me or to choose to follow my clients. So that's the first lesson. And that's the first thing that I always think about. And it's one of the core uh, messages and that I always try to communicate to people is Use the words, use the images of your social media to communicate the message that you really want to bring into the world. And the second lesson that I learned from this experience of trying to, you know, using Twitter to get a pizza reservation is the importance of community. 
and that social media without community isn't really social. It's just media. And, and that's the beauty to me of social media is that it allows us to engage with our followers. It allows us to connect with people in sometimes a very profound and unique way. And, you know, in today's day and age, we don't have the same sets of in-person communities that maybe our grandparents had back in the day, right? Like you don't gather at the marketplace. You don't gather at certain locations. You don't have that kind of shared wisdom of community in the same way. But now that kind of shared wisdom is online and we can build our community there. We can build, um, you know, engaged followers. We can get, we can grow and create a community of people who we really rely on and support and who we in turn then support with our messages and with our communication and with the things that we create as well. And so I think those two things the power of the messages that we craft and really thinking those through and then the the power and the importance of the community that we cultivate are the two core messages and the two core things when we want to think of our social media presence online and when we want to think of the way that we show up, the platforms that we use, the um, ways that we want our business to interact and, and appear online if you happen to have an online business. Those are the two things that you really want to keep front and center in your mind as you go about being a consumer of content on social media and being a creator of content on social media. And those are the two things that I am constantly going back to in my own business with my own content um, and that I'm always encouraging others to do as well. So that was just a little snippet, short and sweet. Um, I hope you will listen to a few other episodes of the podcast. I'm going to try and keep things really obtainable, really bite-sized so that you can listen quickly and take away some great little nugget that will help you use social media in a more intentional and heart-centered way today and for the years to come. <laughs> 